Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Staff, and I'm joined by my co-host, the M to my M, Megan Spangler. Roasty toasty, I am the hostess with the mosty. Today we discuss our thoughts and reactions to episode three of Secret Invasion, the quote-unquote toning down of Deadpool 3, the bitterness from Charlie Cox's former stuntman, and so much more. Let's dive in. Let's go. So, Secret Invasion Episode 3, our reviews, breakdowns, and theories. Megan, why don't you start us off with your thoughts of the episode and what happened? That was a, I thought it was a pretty, really good episode. It was a banger. It had a lot of continuation and it had a lot of breaking stuff happening. So I thought, all in all, it was a really good one. And we had said the third episode, something wild was going to happen, and it did. So, listeners, we were right. What did you think of it? We were right. We told you so. We told you. I thought the episode was great. I loved the development that we got in this one. We definitely got a lot of craziness. Um, I'm really excited because this is kind of like the midpoint where, like, the next episode coming out tomorrow is going to be just, like, the like peak of the show, I think. Like between this one and the next one, it's going to be like the top, like this is going to be the main meat and potatoes of the series. And then it's, we're going to be getting that like nice crescendo towards the finale. Um, I think it's going to, it's going to be, it set up a lot of crazy stuff for um, this week's episode coming out. And I'm, I'm all for it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It showed a lot more than I thought it would. Like Gaia dying and Gravik using... Extremis, extremis, that was insane. Also, why is Gravik's blood red? <gasps> That's a good point. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Like, what what is the going heck? On? I will say, Gravik teasing those powers that he's been juiced up with is going to be insane. Like the extremis power that looked crazy, especially when they stabbed his hand with the knife. That was nuts. So that why did he bleed red? <gasps> That is wild. I'm so confused. Like, me too. It's one of those too. you're like, did did the show screw up, or like, is it a point they messed up, or is that like a really big thing that we're looking at, not realizing it? That was just, oh, that whole scene with the knife <sighs> and the hand. I was, oh, I had to turn away for a second because it was just, that blood's not my thing. It, it, if it was green, it would have been fine. But uh, that freaked me out. But. Really? I thought it was cool how he was like, like pulled his hand away from the knife. I thought that was really interesting. It was a badass thing to do. Yeah, that whole scene was just so cool and so well crafted. Like, I love how all of a sudden all the people in the restaurant just like turned into him, like to flex, like, oh, you're surrounded, Talos. But then Talos was like, I don't care. And like stabbed his hand anyway. That was dope. The entire scene was a flex from Gravik and. Halos and it yes. it killed. It was perfect. I loved seeing that side of Talos because so far we haven't really gotten that from him. We just yes. got I want to help. Now I'm upset. I care about my daughter and I'm gonna do something, but I'm not gonna tell you what. And this time he was like, Oh, I'm doing something. I'm gonna do it good too. And he did. Yeah. 
Talos gives no Fs. He's like, I don't care if I'm surrounded. I'm going to stab you anyway and make my point. Um, he's definitely like embodying that whole general persona. Like he, he was the general of the scrolls at one point. Um, I will say I'm very, very impressed with Ben Mendelsohn in this show because, I mean, first of all, we've never seen um, really, aside from a little bit in Captain Marvel, he's always been like in makeup, like completely green makeup. Like when he was in, you know, Captain Marvel, for the most part, he was always, you know, in makeup when he was in Spider-Man Far From Home, he was in makeup. So to, like this was so refreshing to get to see Ben Mendelsohn really act like without all the makeup and he is bringing his a game i mean between you know the scenes we got this this last this episode um and the scenes we got to see of him telling nick fury off and making nick fury beg oh for God. his help <laughs> like i i will say he's bringing his a game he look he's doing really well i'm really impressed I am too. It, he's shown such a side we haven't seen and it's it's he's nailed it he's killing it it's it's so perfect for the show and mm -hmm. his character. It, it's so needed. And oh my God. And if Gaia is really dead, imagine how much that's going to be amplified. That is so nuts. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Spoiler warning in case anyone's listening, but really it's not a spoiler because it was that she was, she's been included in several different scenes from the trailers that have yet to come out of the show. Yeah. So. I mean, and it's not just like one or two they could have thrown in to throw us off. Like it's it's quite a few different scenes with different people. Um, so I don't know. I think there. I, I don't. I personally don't think she's dead. I think she. Um, I think the, know the popular theory, which is one that I kind of subscribe to, is the fact that maybe she went through the super scroll process right before this, and you know when he shot her, she. Is it really going to die? But I don't know. I mean, what do you think? But she did change into a scroll when she got shot. So she could be dead, but I'm on the wavelength of it's Gaia is dead, but the person she is impersonating is Abigail Brand and her body is in that laboratory mm. of all the other bodies. Because we saw, they showed it to us this time. So I think abigail brand she's half alien half human so she could go into that super scroll machine and something could happen to her i think that's who it is to be honest with you because they're not going to kill off amelia clark that is what everyone has been excited to see is amelia clark because she's incredible it's true she is i mean i don't know I, I, I agree with what you're saying about the Abigail Brand thing. I mean, I know last episode I talked about this. It, that is definitely one of my theories as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, that was kind of my original thing was that, you know, because when you think about the scrolls, like if they're in a human form, that means there's an actual human that looks like that in real life. So that they just probably have yeah. stored away somewhere. So, I mean, yeah, it would make a ton of sense for them to be like, oh, well, you know what? I mean, Gaia's gone. So we'll, we'll just have Abigail Brand wake up and that's who she really is. But I mean... I, I kind of have a theory about the um, turning back into a scroll thing. First of all, it could have been anybody being Ooh. Abigail Brand, right? Or being Gaia's human form. It could have yeah. really been anyone. That's number one. But number two, I, I kind of thought about this when I saw it. Like, what's stopping Gaia from just, like, turning turning back into her normal form to trick him into thinking she died? I mean, that's Shut something that could have happened, door. too. She could have just been like, well, and just, like, change back. You just kind of blew my mind. Like... I don't know where to go from here because I've never thought about that. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 
telling you. I thought about that because she changed really quickly. Like she was just like boom yeah. back to being a scroll, and I was like, that seemed a little too quick. But maybe I'm wrong. You never know. Well, if she's a super scroll, then I mean, she could have survived. We don't know. We haven't seen too much of super scroll, but either way, we're getting Amelia Clark back. There's no way because it's like you said, there yes. are scenes. We saw a scene in the trailer with her and Nick Fury's wife, and both of them had guns, and they were shooting someone because mm -hmm. there was a huge rumor that that was Monica Rambeau based off the hair because we only saw the back of Nick Fury's wife. Turns out we were all wrong, mm. but, I, like, there, there's no way. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I think that, you know, in any case, you're absolutely right. I think we will be getting Amelia Clark back, and the, those are the ways that I think that they could yeah. easily do it, so it's going to be one of those things. So we'll be right about something. <laughs> if we say enough, well, we have to be right. Like one has to be correct. But exactly. speaking of Nick Fury's <laughs> wife, what a shady lady. So she knew oh Gravik. And turns out Rhodey knows Gravik. And Rhodey is speaking for Gravik now. So that was wild. That's really weird. Though, God, so much to unpack with what you just said. <laughs> First of all, yeah. Priscilla Fury or whatever her real name is, she is she is just as sneaky as Nick Fury, which maybe that's what makes them yeah. such a good match. Um, she's clearly got, just like Nick Fury always ha happens to have some kind of weapon stashed hidden in any city that he's in or like some kind of vehicle stowed away for whenever he needs it conveniently. She went and got her gun from the safety deposit box and she's off doing who knows what. Um I don't know. She she's she's giving me sneaky vibes. I think. I, I mean, but let's be real. Like putting it from a personal standpoint, if I were her and my husband left, like disappeared for five years, and I thought he was dead, and then came back and then <laughs> didn't come home to me and I decided know. to go to space, I'd be feeling some type of way. Like for real, I don't blame her at all. I mean, I I wasn't mad at her. I was not mad at her. I was no. like, girl, the fact that he walked in the door in the second episode and she wanted him to wear his wedding ring. Oh no, if that's me, you're turning around and walking back out that door. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And I really like how he asked her, Do you know? Have you spoken to Gravik? She never answered. She never said yes or no. She kept going uh. with, I, I waited for you. I grieved for you. She did a whole speech, but never once answered. So she didn't lie, mm -mm. but just omitted the truth. No. So. She didn't lie. She, she is truth. She she is Nick Fury's wife. I don't know. She she knows a thing or two. She's learned a thing or two. You're absolutely right. I mean, we don't really know much about her background other than the fact that she she was one of the first scrolls that was on Nick Fury's payroll as like a spy. So I mean, obviously, just going based off of that, she's got like a duplicitous side to her, which I feel like. As a, as an as a species, squirrels must naturally have if their whole you know special ability is to emulate other people and to pretend to be them. That kind of comes with the territory, so I get that. But she really is like I don't know. She's giving me um, the vibe that she's on. She's yeah, playing both teams. Sure. I think 100%. for sure. Because she sure. straight lied to him. But yeah, it's crazy. she straight lied to him, and yes. then. She has the direct phone line to Gravik, and Rhodey's involved. She, something's going on. I think she's fighting a war that she doesn't want Nick Fury involved in. And maybe it's because she loves him. Maybe it's because she's still mad that he's gone. Maybe she thinks it'll make him leave again. But she's doing something. She, she is cooking something. 
And I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. The show is so, it's just so intriguing. Because you, like, every scene, you don't know. It's so crazy. I, I mean, I've been saying it since the beginning. Like, there are too many instances that I have personally observed in this show where it gives me the vibe that it's not, like, a real scenario. Like, they're doing it for someone yeah. else's eyes. Like, they know they're being watched. They're playing a role in those scenes. Um, I don't know about Priscilla, but I'm talking just the first couple mm -hmm. episodes. Um, but I will say, I don't know what is going on with Rhodey. I don't know if that was a scroll impersonating Rhodey. I don't know if Rhodey is a scroll. I don't know if Rhodey's with the scrolls. Like, too many questions surrounding that. The scroll paranoia is real. With Rhodey, I don't think he's a scroll. Now, that could... That doesn't mean that there's not someone running around who is a scroll of him, but I think Rhodey himself, from what we've seen, isn't. But I think the president still is. I still, I'm never going to get over that. I think Rhodey is much more involved in this war than anyone realizes, and he's keeping an eye on everyone. So Gravit could think that Rhodey's his in for everything in the government. President thinks Rhodey doesn't know, but Rhodey does know. And then there's his, there's, Nick Fury's wife. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? I, I don't. Ah, God! Like every scene of the show, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's insane. I mean, it's crazy. Everybody has a like a double side. Everybody has like a you know a, an alternate agenda. It just it, it it really is scroll paranoia. I'm surprised no one else has coined that term, <laughs> but. It's nuts. I I just I don't know. I'm 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 really enjoying the show so far, though. I really can't wait um, for the next episode because, like I said, this is gonna be like it's gonna be a good one. I just know it. It's the it's like the it's still the midpoint that we're at. It's gonna be on the downward side. So I, ooh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good I, one. Yeah, I can feel it, it has to be because it ended on such. It ended on a few huge things like Gaia getting shot. Um, Nick Fury's wife, Rhodey. Like that those are huge things to stop on. But you know they're not gonna pick up right at that. So they're just toying with us at this point. That's what it feels like to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from the marketing they've been doing to like I think everything with this show has been very intentional. Like if I were the one running this show, I would make everything very intentional. Like I would be doing things to trick the audience. I'd be doing things to mislead the audience. Tons of red herrings. It's the perfect series to do that. You know, I mean, get people talking, get those discussions rolling, you know, get people online chatting about theories and what's real, what's not, what's what's happening, you know? So I think if this is the way it's going, I mean, it, it feels like we're three episodes in, so we're at the halfway point now, and I feel like I still don't know what's know. going on. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of very, I guess, biased reviews from some big companies that are saying that it's there. there's no direction, they don't understand what's going on, and it's like, we're on the third episode, we're halfway through. Just, just, just shut up. Let it breathe. Just give it a chance. Yeah. It, it's wild to me how many people are trying to write it off because it's an MCU show, but it's like, just watch it because it doesn't feel like an MCU show. Mm. There's something in every episode that I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at that. Like every time, which is so wild, but mm -hmm. I really like it. I really do think it's what the MCU needed. They, we needed to see these dark, very, sometimes very graphic these dark tones in a show to, to see that they could do it because they're also doing Punisher 
They're going to do Deadpool. We need to see these things that they can nail mm -hmm. it. And I do think they are. I think so, too. I think that once all the episodes drop and people can, like, appreciate it all as one project, like one entire piece, it'll be it'll be blowing people's minds. I think once we finally get to the end, like, people are going to be like, oh, this was the best MCU show. Like, you know, if, if I'm telling you, there's some big twists coming. I feel them. I can see the writing on the wall. I feel like for them to have flubbed a show that they started hinting at in Captain Marvel kept bringing up in WandaVision and Spider-Man Far From Home um, and, and all these little, and, and, you know, and all these little scroll Easter eggs they've been dropping here and there, like for them to just have the show come out and it's to be like complete crap. Like, I think that that's just, that's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe I'll eat my words. I Who also knows? think they're not gonna fix the squirrel problem in the show. I think it's gonna. Mm. I think it's gonna carry on to Armor Wars. You think so? Yeah, just cause there. There's three episodes left, and there's a million scrolls. There's not a self destruct button in all their heads. You know, there. Know. There's no way. There. It's clearly. It's That's clearly so gonna keep going somewhere, and I could see it being. I don't know. Spoken about in the Marvels. But then there's Armor Wars, which oh, yeah. we have no information on. And Rhodey is the one who is the main player in that movie. So that, that's what I think. I, I absolutely see what you're saying. And wow, it makes a lot of sense. I think that, you know, this show is definitely going to be closely tied to the Marvels because, you know, we do have a ton of references to Mick Fury being in the space station. We have Nick Fury as a main character. So mm -hmm. that's for sure. And then, you know, obviously it takes place in space. I don't see why there's not going to be scrolls on the space station. Oh, my God. That's right. That's number one. <laughs> they could be on the space station on Saber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Really good thinking. Why not? And then also, I think that we're going to get a lot of ties to um, Armor Wars as well. I, I, I'm still thinking that Monica Rambeau is going to show up. I mean, a scroll came to get her in WandaVision to take her to Nick Fury. I mean, it would be weird if she wasn't in this at some capacity or if there weren't scrolls in the Marvels that kind of like bridge that gap that to make it make sense as to why she's there, how she got there. So I don't know. There's a lot of little loose ends that I think are going to be inter intertwined with this. I like the loose Let's ends see. personally because it just there's so many possibilities. So mm -hmm. I like it. True. But we snagged some comments from our members from our Secret Invasion discussion thread on Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. That's what we have when we're on a spoiler ban. So you do have a place to discuss it mm -hmm. while avoiding spoilers in our group. So uh, the lovely Karen says, I think we're going to find out Fury has a son reinventing Teddy as have half human scroll instead of half pre-scroll. They have to change his lineage regardless, so let's throw caution into the wind. Mm, I, that could be really juicy. Really could. I forgot everyone had a theory going on last week that Nick Fury's son was Gravik. And this just reminded me that we all think Nick Fury mm. has a son somewhere. I actually would really like this. Yeah. It's true. I mean, there's been a lot of speculation about him having a son, so this could be a perfect answer to that, and it, it would make sense with the yeah, MCU story. Yeah, I'd, I'd like that. Good, good job, Karen. Nicholas. Good job. <laughs> I have a hard time believing they got Amelia Clark just to kill her off three episodes in. Just seems like a waste to me. I feel you, Nicholas, and I don't believe it. <sighs> I feel you. I totally feel you, and I feel 
Like she's definitely coming back in some way, shape, or form. We listed our theories just a few minutes ago, if you're listening. Um, but I definitely also have to say the same thing about Colby Smolders. I'm still on that train. I still think Maria Hill will For come sure. back at I some point. Don't at me, but let's see. I think last episode she may just show up. Yes. Now, uh, the fantastic gem says Fury and Talos equals old married couple. One hundred percent. Yes. Totally. They- I found it interesting that they had a more open and honest relationship than Nick Fury had with his wife. Yes, it seemed like so much more intimate. Like, I don't know, something about Nick Fury and Talos hits different than Nick Fury and Priscilla, his wife. So I don't know. It's anything's possible i don't know we, we don't know how the scrolls get down who knows maybe i mean we, i scan it <laughs> we're hooking up at one point i know a lot of people yeah. are shipping them online <laughs> why not they they're cute. me too i, would be I wouldn't mad. be they're mad they, they're both yeah we'll know. see maybe that's the big twist yeah. we're all waiting for <laughs> that would be nuts I, w- I swear that would be so crazy <laughs> i would love it though i think it'd be crazy God, I would love it so much. Just so damn much. Moving on to Deadpool 3. According to star Karan Sony, who plays Dopinder in the films, he says that we have nothing to worry about with Disney toning down Deadpool 3's R rating. So I know a lot of fans online who were concerned once um, Disney bought Fox and announced the Deadpool 3 that they were going to be um, watering it down or making it anything less than it already is. But Karan Sony goes on to say, I have begun working on that one so I can say that it is the same as the other two. It's like hard art. There's a lot of that stuff. So it does not feel different. He confirmed with comicbook.com. The only thing that for me is different is that I have not gotten the script this time. The other two, we did get it. It's a big difference, at least for me. The MCU part of it versus the Fox Marvel part of it. They're so strict, so I've only seen glimpses of what I'm in. He continued on by saying, When I did see some of the stuff, I saw some things that I didn't know were in the thing. I think I would just say it this way. Ryan Reynolds doesn't need to do any of these movies unless he gets to do his version of it. And he is such a star. And I don't need to say this, a creative genius. He's taking this opportunity and really pushing everything. And definitely he's doing a lot of cool stuff. I feel very optimistic about it. Him and director Sean Levy, they work so well together that I think it will be really exciting for people to see how they take their collaborations that they've done now successfully twice in this new version and play in this massive sandbox with a lot of stuff. It is a very, very exciting. I will not underestimate Ryan Reynolds. He he said a wow. lot. I mean, I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief because I believe him. I would believe I would follow him into battle. I believe him 100%. I do too. I think I think Ryan Reynolds really loves the character of Deadpool. He's obviously campaigned to play him and bring him to life like in so many different ways. I know he was in you know doing an animated series at one point. He did the Fox movies. Um, he did the X-Men Origins Wolverine <laughs> version of him. I think that any way, shape, or form, this is one of his favorite superhero characters, and he was just dying to bring it to life. I think he learned his lesson um, through the X-Men Origins Wolverine film and how the reception was to his character in that one when he didn't have as much passion or as control over how things were done. Yeah. That's what happened. Um, so I think 
I think he's he's putting so much love into this film and he's working really hard to make it as fantastic as possible. And from the get-go, I have always felt that I, I don't have to be scared with this one. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I've never thought that they were going to take the Disney route with Deadpool because they know what's at stake with Deadpool. They know how successful every movie's been. Um, so they just they can't just change a character. And they're making a really good decision not changing it. And having ryan as a co-writer on the movie is i feel like that has to be the way because you're like you said he's so passionate about the character he worked so hard to get it and then there was the x-men mm -hmm. origins one which we don't like to talk about but it, it happened i think that was yeah. a perfect example of look <laughs> i want to be the character so bad i'll do anything i'll take anything i will be the character and then he did it, and he was like, that sucked. Mm -hmm. So it, it, Ryan's the captain of the ship, and I think we're in safe hands. He thinks we're in safe hands. I think we're good. I think so, too. I think that the big um, indicator for me that this was going to be just as good, if not better than the other two, was the fact that, Dis that Kevin Feige from the get-go was like, yes, it will be rated R. We're not yeah. changing that. And I think that that alone was like, okay, good. And then they're giving him what he needs. Because I don't think Ryan would have signed on to do a third one if it wasn't rated R. And I'm sure that was probably a stipulation 100%. in this contract. That it, the movie must remain the same tone. I have to, I have to think I that. I do like I that to. Kevin automatically said it would be rated R. There was no back and forth. There was no, I don't know. It was, yeah. That we mm -hmm. know what we're getting into. It's going to be rated R. It has to be there. I like. I don't. I'm not one to think that rated R automatically makes a movie better, but there are movies that have to be rated R, or it's just a waste. And Deadpool is a walking rated R. That that's all he is. He never stops, and it's incredible. And they've they have so many. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And they have so many characters in this movie. It's wild. They have it has to be. It, it's gonna I think it's gonna be great. Yes, let's dive into that for a little bit. I mean, I know that just today, the day that we're recording this, um, Jennifer Garner was announced and confirmed by major news outlets that are reliable, like the Hollywood Reporter and the Direct. Um, that Electra, her character from the 2000s, um, Daredevil and her own movie, Electra, is coming back for a cameo. And I mean, there's so many cameos that are being planned for this film or that are being rumored for this film, I should correct myself and say, um, that I think it's going to be just, I think it's this, this film is going to end up being what we all expected Multiverse yeah. of Madness to be and what we all wanted The Flash to be. I think this is going to learn from those mistakes and really bring it home. And don't get me wrong, I love Multiverse of Madness, but I feel like the title was a little misleading when you think about like what the expectations were going into it. Well, we only went into four universes. Where was the madness? Liars. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I think, yeah, Liars. I think it's going to be incredible. Um, there's so many rumored people to be in Deadpool. But this one, with them confirming that it's Jennifer Garner, I mm -hmm. think it does add some weight to the rumor that Ben Affleck is coming back as Matt Murdock, uh, Dead Daredevil. So those two, th that that's huge. That's a 
big thing to bring into the movie. You know, it'll just be small cameos, but that's still that's that's really big. I'm totally okay with that. I mean, I I love I I'll, I live for the small cameo, especially when they get the actors back to do them. Like that just brings me so much joy and like makes my soul so feel so full and like complete. Like I don't know, something about it just really it just brings it home. And especially since like it's not just them, but it's so many that are being rumored. But truthfully, what I'm the most curious about is how did this come to be? I mean, are Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck on such good terms after their divorce? Like he's been, he went back together with his ex, like that he was with before her. Like I mean, they must be on good terms if she's if she's returning to 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 Deadpool three. I mean, it hasn't been confirmed that he's returning yet, but I think. It's safe to say they must be okay. They they are on good terms. Um, she's helped him in every aspect of his life, including alcoholism and falling off the wagon multiple times. She's always been there. She was the one that walked outside to tell reporters, oh. please give him some space. Please give him some privacy. He's going through a lot right now. Like, she's just a damn good woman. So I'm, I'm happy for her. Yeah. So yeah. Ben Affleck coming back, that's not surprising. I- I stand Jennifer Garner for sure. <laughs> She's so good. She's just pure and kind. And maybe she'll adopt me. I don't know. She does. <laughs> <laughs> adopt us both, please, Jen, please. <laughs> but she... Please. It's weird that this is the one that's confirmed. Out of every other one, why is this one confirmed? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, let's let's run down the list. I mean, I know that they're that they're saying that Ben Affleck is going to be in it, which we haven't we haven't seen confirmed officially yet. Um, I know there's a lot of rumors about Holly Berry's Storm oh, yeah. coming back. Um, I've heard James Marsden. Yeah. I've heard um, Famke Jansen. Um, I know Famke Jansen's Jean Grey is also rumored to be showing up. I've heard that. Um, who else have we heard, Megan? We have heard that. Uh, I know their character names, but their their real names always screw me up. Professor X and Magneto. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Yep, I've heard that one. And um, Ian McKellen. Oh, yes, I've heard those two. Those two have been kind of almost confirmed because I know Patrick Stewart said that he had been approached to um, come back for it. So I know I think he's probably going to be there. Yeah, he said they called him and told him just to be on standby in case they do need him. So they're going to find a place mm-hmm. for him. And he said in the same interview, I, I'm i not done oh, yeah. playing X, uh, Professor X with uh, Ian, Call- Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen? So... He said, I'm not done. We're going to do it again together at some point. So if we get Professor X, we're getting Magneto as well, which I really would have liked to see Michael Fassbender. Is that his name? The young Magneto. The hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I know. Ugh. I'll take I all know. the Magnetos, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'll take any and all the Professor X's, all the Magnetos. Like, bring them all in. We're, we're, I'm good with all of them. I'm excited for this. Uh, this, honestly, is one of the films that I am most excited for upcoming. Um, truly, I just am. I love the fact that they're bridging the Fox Marvelverse with the MCU. And they're, like, bringing those connections together and finalizing those plot threads. Like, in only a way that Marvel and Kevin Feige would put the love and care into doing so. Because, you know, so many studios in the past 
will just throw away the entire continuity they've spent time building for it to reboot or to do whatever. And they're paying homage to these actors and their performances as these characters. They're paying homage to those films, which not only did Kevin Feige work on, but created, you know, the foundations for the superhero films that we see today. So, I mean, really, I love the fact that they're doing this. Um, so many uh, rumors. I also heard, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I also heard that Channing Tatum was supposed to come in as Gambit for the first time after oh, yeah. he spent so many years like Ryan Reynolds trying to bring that character together. And I would not mind it at all if he played Gambit. I think he would be a really good choice. I can't wait to see him do that if it's As true. much as I don't like him as Gambit, he's pushed for that role for so long. He he deserves it. Let, let's give it to him. But... Deadpool 3, I've read... I agree. I've read the spoilers, and oh my god. I, I'm i not going to say anything, but oh my god. I read it like four times because I didn't believe it. And you're you're going to die. Wow. It, it's not what you think is going to happen. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. It's just... it's Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I, like, I wish I could tell you who's involved. Because you'll die, but I'm not going to do that to you. It, it's insane. Yeah, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me, <laughs> Megan, please. <laughs> I already got my daily dose of death this week, so I'm all right. Thanks, Gaia. You're satiated for now. <laughs> Thanks, Gaia. <laughs> oh, my God. This one has been a spicy topic over the last week, and I felt like we had to say something about it. Daredevil stuntman blasts MCU portrayal of Daredevil in She-Hulk. Chris Brewster, who was Charlie Cox's stuntman for the Netflix Daredevil series. He's great. He says, I think that now that the MCU has taken over the character, I think that they're really, really hurting it. If you watch She-Hulk, they turn Daredevil into a cartoon. It's all animated and it looks bad. He goes on to say, you know, I love CG to enhance real movement. But if you don't have any real movement, it just becomes a cartoon. It's just CG. There's no weight to it. And what always made the action on Daredevil so good is that it was visceral. You felt what Charlie was feeling between his performance and being in there in the action. He ends it off with, and anything you saw, we really did. He had to put somebody mm. on a wire. We needed something to enhance the movement, but it wasn't a cartoon. It was a live action. And when you will never match that energy that the live action has. So I think that She-Hulk was a massive step down as far as the movement goes in the action. In the past, Charlie Cox has always said the best things about Brewster. I I've read them. They're always, they're always so kind. And how much he loves working with them. Interestingly enough, Brewster was not invited back to work with Cox on Daredevil Born Again. So is this a case of sour grapes? Perhaps. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what his problem is, but he is just on the <laughs> Petty Express. Like, I don't know what his deal is. He's just being so petty about this. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. Of course, I mean, listen, the show is called She-Hulk. It's not called She-Hulk and Daredevil. I mean, do they really expect them to do like perfectly choreographed fight scenes for Daredevil that spent like days and hours and all this? You know, I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know if Charlie Cox had time for all that. We don't know if, you know, what the situation was. The budget on She-Hulk was high because they had to animate an entire main character. So it's like, I don't get what 
why he's complaining, saying it's turned into a cartoon. I didn't even realize a lot of that was CG until it was an out, like, you know, mm-hmm. pointed out online. And usually I'm pretty good with like pointing that stuff out with these shows. Not that that means anything, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I, it just feels like he it definitely is a case of sour grapes. Like he's just mad he wasn't invited back for Daredevil Reborn. And he's just trying to shit all over Daredevil now, which is super petty and very childish. And you know how we hate yeah. when people do this. Like we got on Frank Grillo a few episodes ago about doing similar stuff. Um I don't know. It doesn't make them look any better. It doesn't make Marvel look worse. I think we'll have to let Daredevil Reborn speak for itself. But I think he's just being ridiculous. He said in another interview that Charlie Cox always asks for him to come and be a stuntman on everything he works on. And he's like, but I didn't get a call this time. Well, maybe he didn't ask for you this time because you're talking so much shit. But this is also the same guy. (laughs) This is also the same guy. That's going around saying that Echo, that they wanted to give it the Batgirl treatment and just delete it. Preach, Megan, preach. My thing with that is, how would you know, Chris Brewster? How would you know that's the situation with it? You're, you don't work for the MCU, so. 1,000%, you're absolutely right. Like, he he's just yeah. being ridiculous. I don't know. I think that... I don't know. He's just shitting on anything he can shit on just because people are listening to him for like two seconds. That's well, he really showed himself. He really proved everyone that he's never read a Daredevil comic because Daredevil is very acrobatic Hmm. in the comics. So you don't really have a leg to stand on here. And he also doesn't understand tone in a show. Daredevil was tweaked to fit the tone of She-Hulk. He will not be like that in Born Again. It makes no sense that he would. Also, in the comics, they have different versions of Daredevil's personality. And it was comic accurate in She-Hulk. It's comic accurate in Daredevil and Netflix. It'll be comic accurate in Born Again. So stop being so bitter. You just made it to where no one's going to hire you because you're a flight risk who talks so much trash. And I'm embarrassed for him. I am too. I am too. He's like I've said like 20 times, he's just being ridiculous. I don't I don't really put much stock into what he says. I think that it it just sucks because these are such sensitive topics that he's touching on. Like, I know a lot of people are scared about Daredevil and how it's going to come out after, you know, how great it was on Netflix. And they're they're worried again about the tone. I think that if watching Secret Invasion has taught me anything, it has taught me the fact that Disney is not afraid to push that envelope on Disney Plus. So I especially now after seeing the first few episodes of Secret Invasion and how they're, you know, just not afraid to tackle those more, you know, graphic scenes and those more graphic subject matter topics. I think that this is going to be fine. And I think he's just, you know, just standing on his soapbox, getting his like two seconds of fame. (laughs) That's that's all it is. is. No one knew his name before this. And everyone's going to forget his name after this. It's just... You don't bite the hand that feeds you. What if what if Marvel would have brought you back? They won't now. What if DC wanted to work with you? They won't now. Just be Mm -hmm. mature. Like I am all I wouldn't wouldn't want to. I'm all for drama. I love it all. But my guy, be mature about it. Don't (laughs) don't do this. It's just and he just keeps going. That's what kills me. He doesn't shut up. No. No one asked him. 
Who's asking for an interview with Chris Brewster? Yeah, I don't know what his deal is, but who knows? Yeah. Whatever. Not our problem. <laughs> Not our problem at all. Moving on. Okay, so you're going to be seeing a lot of clickbait saying WandaVision is getting a second season, and I'm here to stop you from being a victim of the clickbait. Deborah Jo Rupp, who played Mrs. Hart in WandaVision and is returning to play her in Agatha Coven of Chaos, said this recently about Agatha Coven of Chaos. Quote, unquote, it's the second season of WandaVision for Marvel. It's very much like American Horror Story, where each season is a whole new kind of thing. I was shocked when they called me because I really thought that would be it. And I was fine with that. But when they called, I got so excited because it's a character I never get to play. She's going to be great fun. I love Deborah. <laughs> She, yeah, I can see how a, I do. I love her too. And I can definitely see how a ton of clickbait is being spun out of that quote and being taken yeah. out of context. But Megan, why don't you like analyze that for us? I saw three different articles yesterday that all said, WandaVision is renewed for season two. We're getting a second season of WandaVision. And then you open the article and Ugh. it's this quote. So I hope you guys don't believe it. Deborah, she... I like the way I no, like the way don't. she described it, but it's a spinoff. <laughs> it's I, I don't think she understands. It's a spinoff of a character. It's a yeah. continuation of another character in another show from the first show. It's not WandaVision. If Wanda shows up, yes. I could see it being a technical second season, but I don't think Wanda's showing up. I, I know there's rumors, but I don't think she will. Yeah, I mean, I'm manifesting it for sure. Like, Mother Wanda, please come to us in Agatha Coven of Chaos. I'm I'm manifesting this now. But I, I'll say this about why she said this. Um, obviously, we all know Deborah Jo Rupp from that 70s show yeah. where she played Kitty, um, Eric Foreman's mom, for all those seasons of the show. She's clearly an actress who is used to serialized television and in her career. Um so for her to compare this to a second season of WandaVision makes sense because in her mind, she's playing the same character in a totally new season of television, it taking place in the same town. Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's a lot of similarities. So I get where she's where, where, why she said that. The clickbait articles are, of course, absurd. They're always trying to get you to click because that's where they make their money. So they'll put any title on there like WandaVision season two, Wanda coming back per Deborah Jo Rupp, who said it's season two of WandaVision. You know what I mean? They'll use any excuse just to get those clicks. And I mean, really, it stems down to that. I mean, she she's only speaking from her own experiences in this industry. And, you know, it's kind of what's comparable to her. I mean, she did a million seasons of uh, that 70s show. So it probably feels like a season two playing the same character again. But I don't think that's what she meant at all. I think that people are taking this way out of context. So don't fall for yeah, it. Just don't fall for it. But we're just here to help. <laughs> Yes, and one thing you guys never have to worry about with us, we always make sure any news we report on is 100% verified by accurate sources. We never do any, we never talk anything that's a rumor unless we state it's a rumor and we make it clear that it's not confirmed. We are very diligent with our reporting always. Megan's amazing. She finds all it's this. It's true. And we do not do clickbait. We will post the actual no, quote in don't. our post. So you... Don't have to do the clicking, just reading. Yes, just reading, just fun, just fun times. No lies, yeah, just, just fun times. Time. But I guess that takes us to our news yes. roundup. I will start us off. 
Shang Shang Chi Two has reportedly been <laughs> added to Marvel Studios production calendar. <gasps> Which, yes, yay! I'm so excited. You did say last? It was on. I think it was last night or the night before on the New Thing threads. He said that it'll be after King Dynasty. So that's all he knows. So we'll see if we get any more information about that. Crazy. We'll see. I'm excited. I know they've been talking about Shang-Chi for a while. I know he said after an Avengers movie, he didn't say. So let's see when it comes, why it comes. I definitely think that we'll get a Shang-Chi appearance before his second film. That seems to be the trend with Marvel. They always, like, they give us the first film, have them appear in some other things, and then give them a second one. So I think that's and that's what's going to be happening, and I'm 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 here for it. I loved Shang Chi the first one, so I did too. It was underrated. Very, very. So our next topic: concept art confirms what we suspected all along about Across the Spider Verse's Prowler, played by Donald Glover. Christopher Anka, a comic book artist and Spider-Man Across the Spider Verse contributor, posted concept art of Donald Glover's Prowler design, which referred to him as the MCU Prowler. Hmm, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So that tells me that Prowler will be in the third movie. And my theory of the third movie being the merging of the MCU and the Spider-Verse, it's holding more water. I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. Yes. So. I am so yeah. ready for Sony to just give it up and just like give me these crumbs. I'm eating this up. Like, come on. This is the best part of, like, following the, these, like, films is getting those connective tissues. Like, Sony, come on. Just just dive in. Just let us know. Make a reveal. Like, just tell us. Tell us what it is. I What's think, going on? I think that's what it's going to be in Beyond the Spider-Verse. There's no way. There's just no way. Because the, they called him the MCU Prowler. Hmm. He's not just jumping from franchise to franchise. It's true. Absolutely true. Moving on. Benedict Cumberbatch announces Doctor Strange's return. He says, there are some Marvel capers in the making next year. I don't know what capers are, but every article said that Ooh. that means he's going to be filming. So. <laughs> <laughs> capers means like a, like some some adventures coming up. Just what, for is that what might not know. Like something like that, more or less. Um, but I am so excited. I love Doctor Strange. I love Doctor Strange so much. And you know what's so funny? I feel like he has made a ton of appearances, you know, outside of his movies, like in the MCU. So I, I'm, I love that he's always so willing to like put the cape back on and jump right in whenever they ask. Oh, That's for awesome. sure. And I think this adds up to Shang Chi too, if he's in that. Could be. I mean, we could be getting him in a ton of different projects. I mean. I know there's like magical elements in Ironheart. I know there's magical elements, obviously, in Agatha Coven of Chaos. Uh, I mean, he could really lend himself well to either of those projects or anything else, really. I mean, who knows where we'll see him pop up. I'm just excited I he's am coming. I too. <laughs> I missed him. Me too. After announcing that Marvel Studios will not be headlining Hall H at this year's San Diego Comic-Con, Marvel Comics has announced that they will be at SDCC this year and will be presenting at Hall H. That's crazy. That is, it's going to be a basically one big old Marvel Comics thing now since everyone's pulled out. Maybe that was the, the whole idea. Maybe that's what they wanted to do. Who knows? If I was Marvel Studios, I would get back on the roster and just make it one big Marvel convention. Can you imagine? That'd be insane. If I don't have anything to give, I'll get some of the 
stars of the MCU to come and talk just about whatever they want. I, that's all I would do. Just make it one big old Marvel convention. And I'm mad they didn't do it. I, I have been saying this from the beginning. I think that Marvel should do their own Avenger con, like we the one we saw in Miss Marvel. Yeah. I think they would they would profit off of it. They would be it would be just be incredible. And I think that it would be such a good idea. Uh that's the dream. I hope it someday happens. I know, me too. I mean, I, I, I'm also being a little selfish here, and I really don't want Marvel Studios to come <laughs> back to SDCC because I am hoping, since I will be covering the D23 Expo this year for Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped and for Mediaverse Unwrapped, our podcast that you're listening to, um, I am so excited for it. And interestingly enough, um, they just had a shakeup in their panel scheduling. They announced a few new ones. They took away a couple that were supposed to be planned. And now there are some spots in the schedule that are to be announced. So I am, again, I'm manifesting to the universe that Marvel Studios will be making a presentation at this year's Destination D23 Expo. And I get to be there live, in person, bringing the news directly to you guys. So let's all manifest that this happens because it'll be amazing for all of us. God, it would be amazing. It would just, I can't even put it into words how amazing that would be. That would just be so cool. Yes. <laughs> So our last one, X-Men 97's new merch highlights five characters we will be getting from the show. These action figures that haven't hit stores yet highlight Storm, Rogue, Gambit, Cyclops, and Wolverine on the packaging. Which I died of excitement when I saw freaking Gambit and Rogue. Ugh. I, I just miss seeing X-Men characters, like, getting new X-Men content. I really can't wait for the MCU to start, like, building this up again. Like, I know they're waiting. I know they've got a lot of stuff planned. With I think after Deadpool is when we're really going to see the mutants, like, kicked up a notch in the MCU. I know they're, they're not planning the mutant saga anytime soon. I know it's been rumored and they're saying, you know, different things about it. But I think that we're really going to start seeing, like, an uptick in, like, mutant um appearances and stuff and you know just little easter eggs and whatnot once we get past that full three i think that that's going to be the big like launch point for the mcu so i'm really excited for that yeah yeah i think that's gonna i think deadpool 3 is gonna be a big a big one for that i, I think you're absolutely right can't wait I'm so excited so much good stuff happening and we are here for it i'm so ready agreed And that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on Twitter at MediaverseCU and on Instagram and YouTube at Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Our new episodes premiere Tuesdays on Spotify. Thank you for tuning in and goodbye for now. Whip it and rip it, everyone.